It's the Friendly Fire Show, episode 185 for either the end of September or the start of October, probably the latter. I'm lazy. Uh, and I'm Steve from Survivor. Joining me, as always, is the ever-reliable Ben from Survivor. And we say from Survivor this time because we have a guest who is not from the website, but a very big friend of the website. I'll let him introduce himself and what he does. You'd likely know him if you're in Australia if not the world, his name is Mr. Shane Bailey. And welcome. Welcome, Shane. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Ben. Thanks so much for having me. It's a true pleasure to be on the show. Uh, you give me way too much credit to say, if you're in the world, you might know his name. I feel like that's way too much. Well, but, it's Shane uh, and Bailey. They're pretty common names. So well, they true. Yes. happen to you know you or they probably yeah, this- do know you because you're like, a, you're a, I'm going to call you a giant Twitch phenom. Yes, all all of my 125 subscribers would probably agree with you, I'm sure. Followers, that is, not subscribers. I still need to get used to the Twitch vernacular. Uh, But yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I suppose a brief introduction. Um, I've been in the Australian games industry in some capacity for what feels like all of my life. Um, I used to do podcasting and worked in video game retail. And I recently uh, came from the publisher side where I worked for Ubisoft. But now uh, I'm, I'm out of that. And making content, uh, doing film reviews, gaming uh, talk shows, uh, and and just really enjoying streaming and being on this side where I can commentate about the industry and have fun conversations like this one. Yeah. Well, you've seen every side of it then. You've seen publisher side, you've seen retail side, now you see, you've seen fan side, obviously, and you've seen content side. So you get to see kind of different different angles of how things work. Yeah. No, It honestly, like I've wanted to um, participate in the conversation um, for, for so long. I've enjoyed listening to video gaming podcasts like yours um, for more than a decade at this point, actually, now that I think about it. Um, my, my, it started way back when, I think in 05 or 06, when I started listening to One Up Yours, um, which was a, a product of oneup.com, which is since, I think, gone at this point, mm. um, was followed up by Ziff Davis. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, onto like Toe the Rad Show, Kind of Funny, all the IGN stuff. Um, yeah, so many different podcasts uh, and I've enjoyed being, you know, part of the community side and enjoying that conversation, but actually creating the discussion um, is what I like to do. And that's why uh, every Friday you can catch my own show, Question Box, uh, on my Twitch channel, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, before before we round out the show. So I won't hog up the, the intro too much. No, um, hell, just, again- no, do it. <laughs> I also, I, I love movies and I, well, obviously before the question box started, you, you do a movie show as well on Twitch and I love it with like oh, a giant you. cast of characters who are all equally awesome. Yeah. So uh, before my Ubisoft days, I had a gaming and film review show uh, that was exclusively on iTunes. And that was kind of my first foray into just getting used to speaking behind a microphone. And uh, we went on camera at that point. It was purely audio. Um, But then that fell away when I moved over to the publisher side. And then, uh, yeah, during COVID, actually, um, I decided to start a film review show again because all my mates, uh, we wanted to catch up on a weekly basis because we couldn't see one another. One had moved to Armadale, another had moved to Canberra. I was in Sydney, so it was a good way to catch up. Uh, it's called The Movie Magic Show. It's on my Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash magic underscore casts uh, every Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Um, yeah, not a lot of new movies to review and discuss because obviously we can't go to the cinemas right now um, being in New South Wales, but uh, yeah, we're covering covering all sorts of uh, movies. Just recently we reviewed uh, the father starring the greatest actor of all time so anthony hopkins um highly recommend that one and yeah really really fun just make sure you're prepared to get through it man. oh it's painful it's painful piles of tissues around me by the end my yeah. husband and i went to i think it was wonder woman 
or something like we went to two movies this year in a, like a, a bona fide theater like same thing in, piles of tissues around you after that one as well, well. like <laughs> in in melbourne like we've been in lockdown the whole time you get to go to a movie it's like oh this is so exciting there's like three other, other people in the movie theater were like oh i don't i don't know this isn't safe anymore um and it was like they did trailers for the father they did trailers for that movie with the the uh the gay couple who were like traveling around in the caravan because like one of them has alzheimer's or something and then like okay there's like this this theme of like you're you're gonna deteriorate and it's horrible and there's like no positive outcomes it's like oh wow i'm so glad we left the house tonight yeah no honestly i feel like it's one of those must watch it was it was best picture nominated early this year anthony hopkins won for his performance uh, in a leading role uh edit but it is one of those like i put it up there with like schindler's list 12 years a slave as watch it once and then just be done with it for the longest time but it's kind of in my eyes at least a must must watch i'm fresh off it so i'm a bit still a bit emotional no super good olivia coleman super good um shane before ben gets to talk because you and i are in lockdown in various stages and ben's just in adelaide just like i don't know being normal would you like to just bag him and his his state for being able to leave their houses willy-nilly it's now's the time oh yeah no i i hate the guy like it's it's absolutely totally unfair um yeah i don't understand what this you know this state discrimination is all about <laughs> clearly we're better here in uh, in new south wales but um no i, I swear that that's all i'll say <laughs> otherwise i'll go on a tirade if you actually let me loose <laughs> fair enough ben, yeah. ben how is living like a normal person well most of the country lives like this actually it's just new south wales and victoria who are having a little problem for some months as it turns out uh we have like restaurants open you can go places you can leave your house you can see people not on a picnic like i haven't ever been on a picnic for like years so uh, i know that's all you guys are doing at the moment uh enjoying that and was 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 the demons winning the grand final almost like port or port adelaide winning the grand no, final? let's not talk about it it's just best to move along so <laughs> well then we'll still we'll launch right into it the first thing we do shane as you likely know is we talk about what we've been playing this this time around and i know that you and i have been playing Halo Infinite because you st- streamed regularly. I don't know if I'm using the right verbiage for Twitch, but I I strum, I believe yeah. to, to, to yeah. have strum strummed. I don't yes. think Ben str- streamed stram strum no, any I, Halo Infinite, I, but did you play any? I didn't strum anything, but I did play the last hour, like the very last hour on Monday. I realized, oh, like it's it's happening now. I better play it. So I did. So I played about an hour. Well, someone fire off into thoughts. I'm, uh, I'm all ears. Well, so remember last time I played it, I played the same map like five times in a row and I only thought there was one map. And I thought this map's not that great. This time I got the other maps. So I got like that outdoor one. Fantastic. Bizarre. Like, Bizarre. I don't know what yeah. it's called. It must or be the big that. one. Did it have vehicles? No. Bizarre then. I still look like a bizarre. Map like it's bizarre. Time. Come on. It looks like it's a bizarre. Like the it's Chapel like New, Street Bizarre. New Mombasa feel. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Streets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought it played really well. So like this is especially being free to play as a multiplayer game, I can see it's going to be a big hit. Uh, I can't see it going any other way. I know some PC players complained about having like hit detection problems, but that's like classic PC players. Uh, I didn't have any of that of console. It just kind of played well to me. Uh, I need to get back in that groove of Halo. Like I haven't really got into Halo since Halo 3. And I'm just, I'm a bit off coming from like your CODs, Battlefields, Apex Legends. Like they just play so differently. Uh, I just need to get back into it, but I, I think I can. Like, I know that I'm no longer a 21-year-old who was great at Halo 3, and it's going to take me time to get that reflex. But if you can do it, Steve, I feel I can do it. Uh, 
I didn't say yeah. I could do it. I just thought I played. <laughs> you think you can do it. You always boast about how good you are at Halo. Oh, I, I had a couple killing sprees, which is more killing sprees than I normally get. So I'll take it if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane, I, I was mostly on Bazaar. I don't know where, where you landed. Like, what was your experience from this weekend? Uh, yeah, this well, I, I tried the first technical preview, which is mostly against bots, right? Um, the I suppose the big mm. change for this one was we got uh, PvP during these um, four-hour windows, uh, and I made sure to jump on during the 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. window for the east coast of Australia, and not, not three in the, the morning, three a.m. to seven a.m. <laughs> window. Uh, yeah, I, I had a great time. Um, for those watching the the video version of the show, you can see Master Chief Helmet uh, behind me. It's my favorite series, and I've been waiting so long for for Halo Infinite. So to try it again this time in PvP, um, I think. Uh, a lot of our hopes and good feelings coming away from the bot version of the test, the tech preview, pardon me, last weekend, or sorry, last month or a month or two ago now, I can't remember, it feels, feels like forever ago, mm-hmm. um, were confirmed with this in the sense that it just feels right. It's not um, entirely legacy Halo 2, 3 that um, most dedicated hardcore Halo fans um, have wanted to return in its former glory, but it certainly um, replicates, I suppose, the, yeah, just the, the general, it's hard to put a word on it other than the feeling of just really enjoying a fantastic sandbox driven arena shooter with fair starts um, and tons of weapon variety and a great, really well-balanced time to kill in the sense that you if your enemy spots you first, you're not necessarily always going to lose that fight. Uh, mm. It's everything that I love about old school Halo, but brought forward and modernized. Um, and the fact that we still have sprint there in some limited fashion is, I think is totally fine. It doesn't break it in in a way that I think a lot of people would describe the way Halo 5 um, really changed up the, the series. So for, for now, I'm incredibly positive on this and i think yeah uh we can get into it but uh, behemoth the new map they they uh that they ran this past weekend uh, that allowed you to play 4v4 with vehicles um and a variety of different game modes as well like capture the flag and strongholds um i think it i think it delivered for most people so i only got slayer on behemoth which was okay. like an, an open area map with there was like a warthog and a ghost at least and like a, a sniper and some vantage points and like all the things in the map then because it sounds like you maybe didn't get it sorry if i'm like talking like pat like being now you're explaining i think i did get one round of slayer okay. on that map but like i really like that because all of the things that you wanted to kind of get to either a vehicle or like a power weapon were like very open area so like it you you could see someone coming from a mile away trying to do a thing so you could try to combat it like all the maps to me felt really good mm-hmm. and and kind of like, I don't know if you you played the Vanguard uh, open beta chain, but like something that you kind of, I thought you were alluding to is that like a lot of the spawns in Vanguard just felt like you spawn and there's someone like looking at you and you're dead immediately. And then you spawn again and like you just keep getting spawn sniped over and over and over. And I never felt that that happened in, I don't know, like I probably played like three hours of the the two windows of time this past weekend. And I played the, the weekend, the first weekend, whenever that was, where they they op- they opened it up to a uh, player versus player for like the last hour or so. Um, you can see that they're they're tinkering. I think the AR. I felt like it got stronger, but people were saying it it was weaker this time around. I felt like it was a stronger weapon to use, but that maybe I just maybe it just got good. Um, and uh, the commando, the new weapon, which is kind of like a an auto 
battle battle rifle i guess is the easiest way to describe it like i love that weapon I, I would run to that weapon wherever i could find it and use it um the the inside map uh, i don't know uh, what it's called probably <laughs> that looked like a covenant ship but wasn't covenant ship but i don't know what uh, yeah the, the blue was mostly one. mostly metallic Yes. Um, yeah. Like I would just always go for, for that weapon there. Um, I played one round of, of capture the flag on bizarre. And I came in, we were down one to nothing and we got to a tie break. And then I think someone just quit because they didn't realize there was a tie break or something. So we just got slaughtered, but like everything was really fun. And I felt like when I died, it was just because I was doing something stupid, not because I was outclassed. There were a couple of times where I feel like, lag or like a desync of oh of here we the, go the server. here we go <laughs> no like it's like you know when you're like you're watching the playback and you're literally just like behind a wall and then you get hit by a bullet that somehow just hits you it's like oh come on but like i don't know i don't know if that was just like my internet just crapped out because i was trying to stream or i don't know but like it was it was super enjoyable it felt like a lot of halo so much where i went and just played like the master chief collection for yeah. like a couple hours afterward just because i just wanted to keep playing halo so but that type of thing is probably what they're still tweaking right that's why they're having essentially it's a demo but it's also a test like they're they're tweaking those little things but the main thing is they're getting it out there so they're getting positive buzz around it and you mentioned vanguard which is the other beta and it's hard not to compare them because normally we've talked about it so often this year how weird it is that cod got announced so late and it's normally pretty polished in its better um so it comes out you play it you kind of have to pre-order to get into it and so people think yeah this is what i'm getting it felt super rushed uh super rough i mean so like it was mm. very kind of dodgy spawns it just looked unfinished it looked very last gen it's not what you expect from from sledgehammer or any of those three developers whereas i kind of thought the same thing might happen especially now that we're playing with people because i mean hell infinite's had something of a troubled development period um, it got pushed back. They kind of said it had to come out this year. They pushed it to December. I was a little bit worried and it's come out pretty polished. Like the things that are needing tweaking are pretty minor, I think on the whole. Yeah. I noticed a couple of small changes between the first tech preview and this one minor things like different placements of the grapple shot on recharge. Um, maybe there are other small minor tweaks to some of the map geometry. Um, so I think there's, there's quite a bit of feedback that I'm sure 343 is noting down furiously right now. So they, if they are able to change it before launch come December, um, it's going to come up really polished. Uh, I think for the moment, just generally, I'm feeling really, really hopeful for this multiplayer suite. Like it seems like the core foundation is there for a great game. If they can really nail um, the map design uh, in a way that is, is, is just fair. It doesn't have to be amazing. It just has to just feel right enough, right? They, these don't have to be the classic Blood Gulch, uh, you know, sort of sidewinder maps that we've, um, Ascension, uh, last resort maps that we come to know and love from, from uh, you know, Bungie's bygone years. But uh, if they can come out and just not be broken, I think yeah. that's like a good, a good bar to, to sort of launch on and then uh, from there improve because clearly they have ambitions to, to really service this game over the long term, particularly as a free-to-play title. So I think if it launches in a positive place, it's only going to go upwards, at least fingers crossed. And mm. with a name like Infinite, you're, you're going to see the blood gulches and like every, like it's, the, the, that's yeah. the point, isn't it? Um, what, Shane, what do you think about, I think we've talked about it before, Ben. So Shane, like, are you worried about the campaign in that we haven't seen anything from it and it's coming out in December and 
it, like it doesn't have co-op for starters like straight off the bat so like what do you think sorry i'll stop yeah, talking the, no that's fine the co-op um the fact that co-op is missing at launch is a huge disappointment um it's something that uh you know my friends and i always jump into i t- traditionally run the, uh, the halo campaigns by myself heroic experience a story without having friends yapping in my ear during cutscenes, um so i can really absorb it and appreciate it and then we jump into legendary co-op and and, and do that so the fact that we can't do that immediately after the first my first playthrough is definitely disappointing uh, on the flip side i'm thankful that they are taking their time to get it right though it does raise the question could they have just launched multiplayer this year and waited to ship campaign later or just delay it into 2022 clearly they've opted for, for this option um which uh yeah slightly disappointing but uh you, just to your question to answer am i worried i'm not necessarily worried that it hasn't been shown off already because I, I hate for the idea of 343 dedicating resources to show off a demo at E3 or Gamescom before the games launch and pull away developers from actually creating a polished product that's going to be ready at December. Um, I think, you know, we can assume there'll be a preview cycle for this game four to six weeks out and, you know, we'll get um, impressions pre-launch. So uh, I don't think we're going to, going to go in entirely blind. Um, and I think that will be a good... Um, sort of uh, litmus test on where the feeling is going into it. I think for the moment, tonally, the campaign is really exciting. Just the trailers they've shown, the music, the way they seem to be approaching um, more nuanced and emotional storytelling is, is really good, as opposed to this weird Spartan lock, hunt the truth, Master Chief, Scon AWOL, like what's going on? Really confusing. Uh, so I'm still hopeful, um, but, you know, the past two new Halo total titles, pardon me, that uh, 343 has launched, they've uh, they've whiffed on, you know, in some regard. So I'm not expecting them to nail it. I hope they do. Everything they've shown me so far leads me to believe they can, but uh, I'm not sure if they'll stick the landing. We're just going to have to wait and see. Spoken like a true guy with a Master Chief helmet yeah. behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to pick up on the rampancy thing, and I feel like, like that's just been completely thrown out the window um, but that's like, we could talk about Halo for like the entire time. I know you're going to respond chain, but I'm going to keep moving us along and I'm going to spend the, like the, the briefest point ever talking about what I played and reviewed, uh, super monkey ball banana mania, which is a remaster of it. They say the first three super monkey balls, but it's really like super monkey ball one and two. And like a, a bundling of those, that was the third one. Anyway. Um, if you like super monkey ball, you probably will like it. I hated it in the end because it's just, uh, one of those old school kind of frustrating games. And in an age where we have like the Psychonauts 2s and the uh, Last of Us Part 2s of the world where it's like, put a accessibility on and like turn this on and do like have fun. Just like play a game and you don't feel like you're awful. Like this one's like, you are the worst. Do you want to have helper turned on and you try and help her? And it's like, here's a yellow arrow that shows you how to get to the end. And it's like literally just pointing you ahead of you because that's where every super monkey ball like level basically ends up. And then if you use the helper things, it's like, well, you've invalidated this, 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 and this. So you don't get achievements. You don't get like a score. You don't get the time. <laughs> that's really sad. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, eh, I don't like it. It's cheap. If you like super monkey ball, get it. Otherwise I'm done. That's the end of this. That's the fastest, unless anyone wants to comment or ask questions, but I doubt it. I want to get this game, Steve. I really like Super Monkey Ball 2 back in the day. I assume I'm still good at it. It was like, have you played the more recent ones? They all suck. Like the only good Monkey Ball games are one and two. They haven't made a new one for like 15 years or something. They keep re- Yeah, no, but even those ones ones that they released after that, they ruined it. They just, 
didn't like you could think like a ball rolling down a hill or whatever would be easy to keep doing but they keep tweaking how the rolling works anyway you can jump in this one again now it's that's that's new so i don't know if you're gonna like you you might not like jumping ben i can't remember if i had jumping Uh, i think it would be better as a switch game don't you think it's like more of a handheld game than like a tv 4k don't delete that the party games are probably the funnest bit but also they like they get old quick and then there's like better party games other everywhere else but like also like i don't know like i just can't imagine sitting there for 300 levels just rolling a ball to an exit point that's that's just a puzzle game yeah great shane (sighs) you've you've been making a big push towards hades of late i've heard oh yes because you told me yes I love this game so much. Um, I hadn't, I've forgotten that you awarded your the Survivor Game of the Year for 2020, and uh, I totally understand why. Um, I originally picked up this game via Steam Early Access, played a lot, really enjoyed it, put it down, thinking, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna uh, wait until the the version one launch 1.0 and uh, and, and play it then. Um, I remember I, I sort of got stuck on the Champions of Elysium. Uh, and I made it through a couple of times to to the Seder Tunnels and never quite um, got to to Hades uh, when I played it on PC last year. But then it dropped into Game Pass this year, and I thought to myself, this is the time I'm going to really give it a hot go. Uh, and I've fallen hook, line, and sinker for this title. I think um, it would have been my 2020 Game of the Year as well. And after putting close to 90 hours into it over the past month and a bit, I think um, it would. Pr- it's probably going to land in my top 10 favorite games of all time. I dare say. I think it's um, masterful in everything that it does, and all props to Supergiant for this great achievement. I think um, it's put a spotlight on roguelikes in a way that. Um, so many other developers will now be thankful for because there's a huge you know sort of rush to these these types of experiences um and i think the likes of returnal and dead cells are really going to benefit just from uh th- this uplift in attention that the genre or the subgenre i should say will now have um yeah. but yeah but just back onto onto hades everything about it just is just amazing and i think it speaks to um a lot of what can be achieved when you work really closely with a community that's passionate about a particular developer and you're leveraging all the benefits of early access to create an experience that is just fine-tuned and polished all the way up until until launch. So um, yeah, kudos to them. I, I would love to see more developers uh, leverage early access, even first parties as well. I think a lot of first party games could really benefit from, from something like that. Um, but yeah, like I'm a gameplay is king kind of guy. So even if the story was terrible in this game, I probably still love it. But the fact that the story is also amazing is just the cherry on top for me. Um, All the voice work is absolutely unbelievable. I can't believe how much personality they get out of just VO and static images of, you know, beautifully illustrated images of these Olympian gods and all these amazing characters uh, that uh, that are littered across the cast. Um, But yeah, for me, it's just, this amazing combination of fantastic gameplay um, that just keeps layering itself on top of one another um, over the course of, you know, 80 plus hours. Like you can, you can like beat Hades in the, the first 20 or so runs. Um, I think that was probably would probably be the average and you could call it quits there and have had a fantastic time. And then you could really push another 20 hours and roll credits and you can push another 20 hours and do the epilogue. And the game is continually adding new features and things to do and different objectives and, and achievements to sort of tick off uh, throughout your entire time. And yeah, I really, I'm just enamored by how great they've managed to just keep 
me hooked on the game, coming back to it. I've completely abandoned all other new releases over the past month and a half. I have so many games to catch up on because I'm so hooked on Hades. I bought an Oculus Quest 2 and my mate Ben just been pestering me saying, have you played your Oculus yet? Have you, have you played your Oculus yet? Because um, he's a huge VR fan. I said, no, I've just been playing Hades. In fact, I've, I've not finished Death's Door. I haven't picked up Psychonauts 2 or 12 Minutes or Artful Escape or all these other great games because I'm hooked. Um, but I think I'm on the home stretch. Uh, I'm, I'm really close to a thousand gamer score and um, I've almost completed the faded list of prophecies as well. So I'm, I'm almost there. I'm so ben, excited. Shane ha- has talked this up far far better than i ever have has he like has he pulled has he made you want to keep playing it or start playing it again because i feel like you bounced off it very quickly i need to give it another go i gave it the classic game pass i don't think all those games you just mentioned shane are all on game pass and the the thing is really easy to start and i found some great stuff on there that i wouldn't have tried otherwise but it's really easy to bounce off as well because you're like i've i mean i said last episode i gave 12 minutes 12 minutes and it didn't hook me so it's done and I think that's fair, actually. Should have been better at the start. Anyhow. Should have named uh, the game better. Should have named it yeah, three should, hours. Yeah, yeah. Three hours, I'll give it more time. Should have called it Death Looper. <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, he has. And everyone I speak to about Hades just raves about how great it is. So I do need to give it another chance. I, it's a type of game that I played and I straight away, I appreciated what it was doing. And I thought this will be great. I just, I'm not great at it. And I didn't have that commitment to get better. So that's what I need. I'm of the other mindset where like, I... I, I played it for uh, probably 100 hours, Shane. And I checked, and you've played like five days and something hours. There's so. like, hang I'm on awake. a second. I'm awake five right days. now, Shane. If like, wink, wink, I'm awake right now. If, if you looked at my Discord, you'd find that I was awake all day, but I haven't been oh, awake right, okay. for many actual active hours today. That's that's such a good code. You'll understand this code soon, dear listeners. Um, so like, I don't know, don't trust any of my Xbox things. I just leave the Xbox on the, oh, I, anyway, um, I would play Hades so tense that I would probably play like this. If you were watching me on a, a Twitch stream or something, my neck, I like, I would have like shooting pains going up my neck because I was so tense and I was like holding my body in a weird position that like, I would have to, after playing Hades, like stretch out. Cause I was just so uncomfortable. I, I like the gameplay, but I'm not crazy about the gameplay. I was fully invested in the story and progressing all of the relationships and progressing this bit and getting to this thing. And it's like, so like, I, 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 it's a great game and it can be a great game however you want to think about it. But yeah, like it's, you, you will hopefully Ben, you'll, you'll fall in love with the, the loop or the, the, like the narrative and, or both hopefully. And um just give it yeah. a chance. It's really good. I, I gave it a small chance, but you both you both like the opposite things. Like you know, you're saying you're into the story. Shane's more into the gameplay, and that's that's what more can you say about something? Mm. But I was going to say five hundred five days or whatever, and you just hit what six hundred thousand game score. Like how many hours do you have in your days? It's insane. Too many. <laughs> well, usually I hit like the the hundred thousand by like the end of the year and it's lockdown so i did it in september so hey now i just like I, i've got three months to do nothing oh is that your for, yearly goal you have 100k well, a year it's been of late but i think that's i think the last time was a lockdown thing too anyway so considering lockdown when can we have the one meal party can we get there next year no no, <laughs> no. i think yes no <laughs> i um, think yes I don't know if Shane's been playing Deathloop and I I we've talked about it last time but Ben you've you fully dipped into Deathloop mm. now. Well last time we talked about it you tried to explain it to me and I didn't understand what you were talking about and I'd played 
about 15 minutes and I didn't even have a gun yet. And I was just like, what is, what is this game? If Shane uh, explains it, would you have gotten it? I, I clearly can't explain yeah. it. I, I haven't played it yet. I'm looking forward to though. <laughs> it, it's a confusing game, replaying the same levels over and over and doing the loop essentially. Well, explain it to Shane then. Come on. You have no, I don't give away any spoilers. Listen to last week's episode. <laughs> I'm not Steve sure there have been enough it. trailers for Deathloop <laughs> to explain it to me. So please, Ben, go ahead. Yeah. Well, see, there is. I think it's a hard game to initially get into as well. It's one of those first hours really slow, trying to figure out what you're doing. Uh, you don't have any of your abilities until quite far in. And like, I didn't understand the the infusion mechanics. So you you get a new ability, you get a new weapon, you get a new upgrade. And unless you use your like in-game bucks to save that, the next time it loops and you start the day again, you lose it all. And it took me like two or three loops to really understand that, to be like, why do I keep losing my the one thing I use? It's like, okay. So he probably did explain it to me and I skipped through the tutorial because there are just so many tutorials in this game. Uh, but yeah, it, the more you play, the more you get into it because you start seeing like the small little things you do change something. So an enemy is not somewhere a different time. You go back to the same area. Uh, one of the the missions just kind of moves along in a different way that you didn't see it happening. And it's it's one of those games that gives you a waypoint, but it doesn't tell you exactly what to do. So it kind of just says, go to this area and you need to figure it out. So there's a puzzle element, which I didn't realize is had. And I think the trailers do a disservice in that way because people are going to think, oh, it's, a, it's another arcane shooter. There is shooting, but it's a pretty small part of it. Like it's mainly puzzle solving. It's mainly kind of, it's a great story as well. Uh, and it's mainly kind of figuring out what to do and they've done the great thing of um, making sure your game is not the same as everyone else's. The codes are all different. The puzzle solutions are all different. You can't just Google it. You can Google when you're doing completely the wrong thing and you just need to Google the mission name because you're like, what the hell is this? And you realize you've been staring at the wrong wall for three hours because that's got nothing to do with anything. It can help for that. So if you're as stupid as I am and the one thing you need and just overlooking for ages, it will help you with that. But anything else, it won't. And I think that's why I actually really enjoyed it because you need to think more than you otherwise would. Sometimes games, when they're so predetermined, you can kind of just read the room and, and figure it out before you even get there. Um, and it's, it's very much not that because it's generating some of the puzzles for you. So um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be hard to beat for game of the year. I agree. I think the, mm. the one thing that I don't like about it is that it's first person and like, it's, I don't know, I like the, the field of view is a little bit strange sometimes. So like there are loops where you literally just need to go to a place and find like a piece of paper somewhere. And there were times where I would like scour this room, like 15, 20 minutes looking for, and I was like, you need to find this. I'm like, well, I've, I've looked, I don't know. I don't know where else I can possibly look. I'm, I screw it. And I left and I had to like reloop. And mm. like you go back and you look and it's like, I don't know, on a table right in front of you. And it's been there the whole time and it'll be there this loop and it'll be there next loop. And it's just like, oh, I'm an idiot. So like, it's not, if, if you're not meticulous, it's sometimes not efficient and you feel like you've wasted time, but then yeah. you'll, you'll be doing something completely like not expecting to, to progress anything. And you just like find this thing out somewhere, just like, just you happen upon it and it's like opens up like 15 possibilities to do other things. You're just like, and that's, that's yeah. the cool bit, which is great. I think two problems or well, three, actually one is that I was playing in the PS five, just spat out the disc and said game crash, like so aggressive that it spits out the disc just to be like, nope. And I thought it's kind of funny that the, the only 
game my PlayStation's done this with is from Xbox. Like it's just been like, don't want this anymore. And I tweeted that and I got in an argument with some guy, it doesn't matter. Um, Sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's one problem. It's only happened once. I think I've patched that. It doesn't happen anymore. Uh, the AI is probably not good enough considering how important it is in a game like this, needing to know how they're going to react because a lot of it's stealth. You're trying to dodge them. You're trying to avoid them. You're trying to get past their paths they take. And they're weird in the way that they react sometimes. They're super dumb, Shane. Super yeah. dumb. Yeah. Super dumb, like, but too also- predictable. Oh, just like stupid. Like you can basically slap them in the face a couple times and like, oh, what's that? Yeah. It's like it's me slapping you in the face. I'm here. I'm right in front of you. Well, but there's also the other way when you're like on a roof somewhere and you're using the cloak ability and there's no way they should be able to see you and it's like alert because you moved and they can hear you 200 meters away. Like, oh, come on. And then you walk up behind someone and they don't know you're there at all. That annoys me. But nitpick. Once AI sees you, they tend to not be able to unsee you you can like run across the entire map and they still somehow can see you through 15 buildings mm. yeah. and the challenge is unlike hades so it's not a 90 hour game it's probably what 12 hours or so something like that 15 um, yeah 15 but you need to keep playing like the the way i played it i've had a few days in between and just completely forgot what i'm doing and you need to kind of remember that because the one line text of each objective or each mission doesn't really explain much and I also forget like what my abilities are because like teleport's not called teleport. It's called shift. Um, I don't even remember what Havoc does. Like there's a few, like already forgotten. Yeah. And like, it's, it's one of those games that you need to kind of set aside a week. It'd be a great like over Christmas game. Like you've got some days off. You don't want to see your friends or family. You can just commit to it. You just need teleport and invisibility. That's it. Like once you've got those mm. two, never switch out. That's fine. Unless you want, mm. unless you want the trophies associated with other ones. Mm. You're, you're That's it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Shane, what do you think about a game you've not played? I'm really looking forward to playing it. Were it not for Hades, I might be. Uh, there are a lot of games on the list to, to get to this year, so I'm not sure I will. Um, but uh, look, it's likely to be on Game Pass in what eleven months' time. So that's it. You gave me a perfect segue before, and you just you like completely perfected the 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 segue because big news dropping at the time we're recording this podcast basically uh at tokyo game show which i forgot was connected i just thought it was news that there i had an embargo Mm. for um xbox microsoft uh has confirmed that brazil mexico japan and australia will go into xbox cloud gaming proper on the first of october which likely when you're listening to this it's it's then um so if you're a game pass ultimate subscriber you have access to the full gamut apart from console streaming because that's still in testing uh guys what do you think did you watch any of tokyo game show having forgotten about it, it was only like an hour ago I, I started late so i skimmed through i just wanted to watch how they actually announced this and so they had the lifestyle i see very nintendo they had like the lifestyle of the like japanese apartment and people playing and then you know, one guy's playing on his Series X and all his friends are like, oh, I've got like a phone and I've got a laptop and whatever. And they did a really quick, like there's hundreds of Xbox controllers in this sizzle reel. And they did a real quick cutaway of a guy with his laptop and his DualSense 4, DualShock 4, sorry. Uh, and I just thought that's actually really nice to sneak that in there because absolutely you can play on your PC with a PlayStation controller. That's probably what you have if you're in Japan, most likely not being a big Xbox nation. And there's no way that Sony would ever do that. They would never show an, an Xbox controller. So I think that was just cool of them to slip in really quickly and subtly. But they they focused on it very briefly. 
Uh, I know Ben has tried the Android preview program. Have you had a chance to, to, to properly try xCloud yet, Shane? No, and I'm really curious to see how it goes now that it's actually going to be available for us. Um, as all Australian listeners will know, our internet has never been fantastic, but you know, with the advent of, of 5G, hopefully uh, for the purposes of cloud gaming, particularly on mobile, that that will be mm. um, an issue of the past. Uh, so yeah, really excited to, to get my, my hands on it. Well, so like Ben's tried it, I think under 4G conditions. Five. 5G, ooh. I've played it a, like in London on like, I don't like in at X O 20 X O 19 or whatever they call it. Um, when I talk to my mate, Philly cheesesteak, uh, Phil Spencer. Um, so like in that weird condition where like you're in a, a giant stadium and they have all these like handsets that are connected. I, I don't know to the Wi-Fi maybe, or to, to something else that Microsoft has piped in. To um, something. It seemed all right. Like I, I use the console streaming in my house with my backbone on my iPhone occasionally. Like it, it seems all right, but you're probably better suited to speak to like how it works, Ben. Yeah, well, I played it when they first announced it. I think E3 18 or 19, 19 maybe. Uh, and same thing, like they had it there. They didn't really tell us how it was running. They're just like, this is legit, but it's, you know, it's it's show legit, like it's working as you will experience it at home, but we've got some magic going to work it. And it worked flawlessly playing Halo with other people like next to me on their phone. Mm. Um, so then I played it like maybe three or four months ago on Android here. And so on your home MBN connection, it's really up to what quality MBN you have. And that's a bit of a lottery. So also on Telstra 5G works really well. Like there's... When I say really well, it works like 95% of the time. I wouldn't play an online multiplayer game, like playing something more single player. You'll get a point where it just freezes for a bit and stutters and that seems unavoidable. But then like the next, you know, half an hour, flawless. A little bit of artifacting and that's it. Um, perfectly valid way to play. So I've done it with the controller cradle, which I think is what they initially showed at um, conventions where you kind of put your phone, your controller and have the phone above it. Um, and that's probably more comfortable. Yeah. But it's harder to look at the screen. Um, so then I've used a Razer Kishi as well, which basically turns it into a switch. Um, easier to look at the screen, smaller buttons and stuff though. So, it, it, you know, either way, which one's better. Only problem with the Kishi is you need to take your phone case off. So that like really annoyed me for this small little detail, but it does work really well. It looks way better than any switch game and it's, it's just streaming straight to your phone. Like I think even maybe not with the new switch, but with my regular switch, uh, I think my phone screen is bigger than that. Like, so it's actually, it's, yeah, it's a great way to play. I think ultimately how I'd play it is on the Steam Deck. Like, get that, get the Xbox app on there. Um, just pick it up and play it. So, yeah, in short, good news is from the preview, at least, it works under Telstra 5G, at least. Well, so I have many thoughts. And sorry, Shane, if I've cut you off. One, if you're watching the video, I I got sent a, a backbone today by Xbox. I already have an, a backbone on my iPhone, which I'm not even using at the moment because I'm using an Android phone. We'll get to that in a second. Um, if if you want to play on your phone, you should get a backbone or a key. I haven't used a, a Razer Kishi, but like the backbone, I will 100 million percent endorse. It's so good. It's just like perfection. It feels great. I will play Hades downstairs on the couch. Like when I'm supposed to be watching a TV show with my husband, just pretending I'm paying attention while I'm just playing Hades. 
Um, occasionally in my house and the network, like you'll drop a couple frames and as, as Shane knows, cause Ben doesn't know, um, that's all important when you're playing Hades. So like, sometimes I will like take too much damage and just like completely throw a, a run, be pissed off at myself. But like, for the most part, it's great. Um, I have this now, a galaxy three, a galaxy Z one. fold three. <laughs> My Which God, is, you're a terrible spokesperson. It's Alan Wake. There, there he is. Um, We're never going to get a sponsor if you can't say the product. Come on. <laughs> I'm trying this and it's great. So I'm like, one, I'm learning how to use an Android at the same time. I'm like trying to use this phone. Um, and I'm like, is it like a Surface Duo 2, which I desperately want, but also like it's way too expensive. Um, this, I've, I've used Android streaming to kind of get a taste for what xCloud is like. And it's great, but it's, it's like, it's a giant phone that you can't, there's no controller that yeah. will wrap around this particularly. And you can't like bend the case to like have it on the top half or anything like that. So it has to be like out. So you have to prop it up on something and use like a, an Xbox controller in addition. Um, or you can use touch controls, which I'm not really sold on for like, I, I was playing Gears 5 and trying to play Gears 5 when you're trying to roll and cover. Like, I don't know. I don't think touch controls work it's like it's it's good it suits a purpose in a very specific instance like if you're desperate to play a game or something or you've got a lot of time to kill i think like the, the backbone in an iphone with i couldn't use my case with the, the backbone either i like it's it's good but like it's it's very specific but it's like a thing i think the better use of x cloud is going to be on a pc like if you have been the service that can almost run uh, flight simulator, but can't quite. You can Not almost. stream it to your surface. Or if like you're on Xbox One yeah. or anything and you want to like maybe play Hades, but you're not sure. I think Hades is a compatible game, but we'll just pretend it is if it's not. Like you're not sure if you want to actually download it. So you stream it for 20 minutes and then, you know, you don't like it, you drop off. You do like it, you download yeah. it and you play it on your console proper. Shane, sorry. What, what do you think? I'll shut up again. No, I, I have a lot of questions, but I'll quickly jump in and just say, like, I'm incredibly excited by what cloud gaming can can offer us. I really think that, I mean, if it all goes to plan and the Australian internet holds up uh, and the servers behave themselves, then, yeah, we really could be looking at a future where the gaming market explodes in a way that just would not be possible before this, right? There is just, mm. there are millions of people around the world who are never going to buy a gaming PC or a console, um, but they might boot up the Xbox app on their new Samsung Smart TV or their LG OLED uh, and be able to, to play a game like Hades uh, for the first time um, and, and experience the joys of this medium that we love. So I'm really excited for the potential of all of this. Again, we're just going to have to see if it works. Um, I know there have been some, you know, some rave reviews about the Kishi and the Backbone. I think that's probably how I would play it. Though I want to ask either of you if you had experience streaming via the browser on iPhone, because I have an iPhone myself, and that's probably how I would be playing it. Not yet, no. only because it wasn't allowed. I wasn't allowed <laughs> no. in the okay in the test. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, part yeah. of the preview program. So you, well, the, the best part is Shane. You can find out tomorrow if you're an Xbox Amazing. Game Pass Ultimate subscriber. You can I am. get a first-hand experience. Wow. I think you've nailed it though, Shane. The the big thing is not what we can do tomorrow. It's when they get that native TV app, because that is what's going to get people in who have no interest in getting a console. You can't even get one if you actually wanted to buy one today. And so it opens up that market. I'm sure they'll do a buy the subscription and get a controller mailed to you somehow. So it's like 
easy, no barrier of entry at all. Like you can just start playing any of these games. And that's what opens it up to be the real, you know, gaming Netflix equivalent. Like just having that, you can just turn your TV on and it's there. Not even like a Chromecast stick. That's even too much. Like that's like, we've talked about that before being Kerry's problem. Like there's no app on the TV. Mm. Like my parents are just like, oh, that's too hard. I don't, I just got a button on my remote that says Netflix and I press that and it comes up. Like it needs to be that simple and they'll get that crowd. I think you will see that. I think you will see the Xbox app uh, in marketing imagery from Samsung and LG or whoever Microsoft partners with the Xbox logo as a TV app sitting alongside Netflix, YouTube, Twitch, Disney plus, mm. whatever. Uh, and potentially even, yeah, you, when you buy your new TV, you get an Xbox controller with a month or three months of, of game pass just to get, get you in the door or they'll do the, you know, the $1 offer just so they make sure they get your credit card information and you don't, yeah. <laughs> don't cancel your subscription That's as it. they like to do. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited for me. Like as, as someone who's obviously already gaming and within the Xbox ecosystem, I'm just excited for that convenience as well. Like the idea that, so I've been, you know, speaking about Hades earlier, playing on the series X in the living room on, on my nice LG OLED. And then when I want to stream it, I boot it up on uh, Xbox game pass on the PC and the cloud save syncs automatically. And I just continue my run. The idea that if I want, I want to continue that on the train while I commute to work um, and that working seamlessly as well is just so amazing. And I'm sure if I told 12 year old Shane that eons ago, then he'd, he'd tell me I'm crazy, but uh, here we are. Yeah. It's, it's you know, this future is tomorrow. So, or today, if you're listening to this. You'd have to explain like a phone to him. Oh, I guess like, yeah, that first yeah. for me, yeah. it's like, it's Star Trek. It's like a communicator. It's like, oh, I get it. I get it. The um, first question would be, hang on, hang on, hang on. What did they call the new Xbox? <laughs> a pandemic? What? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, not that I'm sure Microsoft would be happy with me suggesting this, but uh, they, they did allude in a pre-briefing that like it, it's been proven that you can sideload Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and streaming on Android TVs. Not that they're endorsing that, but I guess that's already a thing. So like it, it works and you can do it. Um, let's move on. We, we've talked about Game Pass being like the Netflix of 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 games i guess but i guess netflix is also wanting in some way to be the netflix of games and and they're making a giant push into gaming uh and that was evidenced this week by their acquisition of night school studio who developed oxenfree and after party and i, I guess they're developing oxenfree 2 now under netflix what do you guys think of this well that's going to have to be its own app on iPhone, right? Because it couldn't possibly be in the Netflix app. That wouldn't be allowed. Hmm. That's it's all on Android, think. though, so I'm set. Apparently, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess they're not going to make a game, right? They're going to make a TV show with a tied-in game potentially. They're not just oh, they're just doing games. It seems like an odd. It seems like a bit of a oh, that seems like a big industry that's kind of related to ours. Let's just get in there slightly and see what happens. As we've seen Amazon kind of do and Google kind of do, and none of them have really done it well because they haven't committed to it. So it seems like an odd choice, unless they're doing a game tie-in interactive type of thing. I think they're they're going whole hog into actually games. Like the the letter from uh, the Oxenfree mm. studio head said that they're they're all about um, yeah delivering just great narrative narrative experience no matter what the medium via netflix now um and the crazy part about it is at least for the moment netflix have stated that you know this won't be an additional tier on as part of a subscription uh it just falls under the standard netflix subscription um i think in terms of the type of developer like i think this is a, a perfect fit right the the um the gameplay mechanics of night school studios titles 
aren't complicated. They are 2D walking simulators with fantastic experience. And I highly encourage anyone to play Oxenfree or After Party. They're both really, really great. Um, so I think this is this is a great fit. Um, I'm just, I'm most curious to see what will Netflix's next move be because I think this is only one small mm. part of their strategy. Um, they can't offer a whole suite of game experiences just with one studio they will need to partner with indies and third parties to to get more content onto their onto their service to be any kind of competitive so um but the fact that they're here and they're ready to play ball um having just witnessed google's own sort of exit almost from the (laughs) the industry with uh completely abandoning any kind of first party effort with stadia as well is um yeah no really really interesting so i think uh this is this is just going to be an, an ever-growing story in Netflix's grand entry uh, to become their own Netflix of games, right? I think they saw Game Pass yeah. coming and they said, hold my beer. We're yeah. going to be the Netflix of games. I think Shane's completely right. They, they, they've pulled things like uh, Stranger Things from Dead by Daylight, which I know I talk too much about. Uh, and like it, it seems like Oxenfree 2 will be a Netflix. It'll, it'll probably be on other platforms, obviously, but it will also be on Netflix. So if you're like sort of dabbling in, you know, like uh, the Bandersnatch thing that they did, um, you know, like this is an extension of that, which is kind of narrative driven. And it's like, it's not too, too uh, gamey, I guess is the way to put it. And then, you know, like maybe they start going whole hog i think i think shane's right i don't i I think they're here to try to elbow in but you know like so was google (laughs) and that you know like i i I think their intent is to to go hard but like who knows what's going to happen in the end and i hope that night school who is a great studio which is a great studio um you know doesn't kind of go the way of 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 typhoon um which was sad but i guess you know they're reformed and they have journey to the savage planet in their anyway fine whatever um i'm super not versed on this kind of stuff but if you guys are great if you're not we can just bounce past it um new south wales finally kind of joined the likes of queensland and and tasmania and south australia and victoria in offering up you know like an incentive to to have game development in the state and they're offering a 10 uh 10 tax rebates uh, which is kind of an extension of a, a rebate currently offered to filmmakers and, and, and similar creatives. Thoughts? Only good news, I suppose. It doesn't sound like enough, really. I know, like, what does Montreal do? Are they like 30% or something? Uh, no one here seems to want it that badly. Like, one state could easily have gone for it as our thing, and no, everyone's kind of just made it equal on what film gets. But, yeah, it's, it's positive, like, it's really expensive to make a game in Australia, so any any help is welcome. I think. Yeah, I think this is really it's it's only positive, right? Like you combine this with that thirty percent digital games tax offset that's coming next year for uh, the nation from the federal perspective. Uh, this is just like a uh, just that little bit more helpful on top of that for any developers located in New South Wales or in Sydney in particular. So the fact that New South Wales is now a bit more competitive against the likes of Queensland and Victoria as well, um, I think only bodes well for the local games industry. So yeah, good on them for, for finally getting something going. We like literally, we, we have like Australia is amazing for indie and small businesses. We have like team Webby, we have mighty kingdom. We have like, we have there, there I, I could go on. But like big AAA things, we have Sledgehammer. That's it in Melbourne. And it would be cool to have, you know, like an Ubisoft Toronto and an Ubisoft Montreal and an Ubisoft Annecy and like an Ubisoft Sydney or an Ubisoft Melbourne or an Ubisoft Adelaide. 
probably not then like don't get your hopes up um it, it'd just be cool so like you know this is hopefully one more step towards something like that which is a probably a giant leap in logic in this case so i shall yeah continue on um we're late thank you for keeping with us you're probably on a run or just working or something uh, i'm more apologetic to shane and, and ben please well, more, more to more to ben happy to keep going you could yeah. leave the house. Shane and I, we're just locked in. It's fine. Um, it's a Thursday night. It, it's been a fortnight. And in this fortnight, we had a Nintendo Direct um, launch at like weirdly a reasonable time for Australia. Mm. Somehow, like, let's just be thankful for that. Um, I, I think there's like four major points. You Two missed of them the have big a three one. in them. Sorry, Ben. You missed the big one that everyone's talking about. Well, go for it. Which is the cast of the Super Mario movie, uh... which is... So Chris Pratt as Mario, Charlie Day as Luigi, which I think is the funniest one because I only know him from Always Sunny and I just can't see that turning into Luigi, but I suppose that's why it's entertaining. Uh, you have Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Jack Black as Bowser, and I forget who Peach is. Anya Taylor-Joy? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. it. And Fred Armistad is Waluigi? I can't but they announced Waluigi. Keegan Michael like, Key is Toad, I think, as well. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Come on, Ben. And if you're gonna if you're gonna bring in new no, news into this story, get it right. We are not a fact-based show, it's just a random stab at what you think is happening. Uh Charles Martinet as various other characters. So that's the thing. Like people are really hung up over the voice of a character who has for a character that's never had any dialogue, he's got a really iconic voice. Like he's never actually said anything. He just kind of made noises occasionally. <laughs> He says a whole bunch of things. It's yeah, a me. That. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's like two he's things. never had dialogue. He's had just a series of catchphrases, and that's it. And so you you know what you just did there. At some point, Mario's going to do that in the movie, and then he's going to be like, oh, sorry, excuse me, like Chris Pratt voice. Like, yeah. that's going to be Charles Martinet's contribution. But wouldn't you rather have those things from Charles Martinet rather than either either Chris Pratt mm-hmm. doing a Charles Martinet impression or he's just being like, I'm that. the guy from the Lego movie? Because... Both of those things are awful. They're going to go, it needs to be an American accent. That's going to be their whole thing. Like, we want to make dollars. It has to be an American. Uh, and I couldn't, could you see Charles Martinet voicing a whole, like, 90-minute movie? Like, he's done, like, 20 lines in his whole career. It's yeah, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure anyone wants a 90-minute <laughs> Mario film with Charles Martinet as Mario. Yeah. Because, like, what is that story? It's It'll just be at <laughs> 11 the whole time. Um, look, I, I will reserve judgment, but you... Yeah, in the meantime, making fun of it is the only thing you can do. So I don't blame the internet for running with this and creating memes galore from it. Um, but, you know, we'll see how things turn out. Uh, the Sonic movie pleased a lot of people. So I think there's, there's hope yet. Yeah, only I, after the Chris internet Pratt's complained about it. I'll, I'll be out there. Chris Pratt's a dick. He has weird ties to, like, organized religion. And, like, it's he doesn't sit well with me personally. And, like, that, you don't have to you don't have to take on this the two of you i just couldn't you have picked any other generic white hollywood dude if if anyone if if that's what you were going for with this kind of like we need to just have a dreamworks style like placate the masses kind of film animated film yeah maybe if ryan reynolds hadn't done detective pikachu maybe just get him Um, back who cares yeah i'd watch that in a heartbeat but anyway, the rest of the cast is good, I think. Yeah, I think Jack Black could be a good Bowser. I can't see Seth Rogen as anything other than like a, I'm sitting here smoking weed kind of guy. So is that Donkey Kong? Maybe that's what we haven't had a Donkey Kong game for eight years. Maybe that is what he is now. Like, 
We don't know what Donkey Kong does in his spare time. You know, he has less lines than Charles Martinet has ever done for for Mario. So, like, it's his Mm. it's his role to to create. Yeah. Well, very nice man, Charles Martinet. The only one of these people we've actually met before. So I'm glad he's involved at least in some level. I drank with him most nights of one week of E3 one time, and he is the best. So there you go. Um, okay, well, sorry. Now that we've got the biggest news item from the Nintendo Direct, which I forgot out of the way, I, I think like the, the the two of some of the biggest news have three in them, and uh, they are Bayonetta 3 and Splatoon 3. I am lukewarm about both. So if you guys want to talk good or bad about those two, just have at it, really. Uh, well, Bayonetta 3 is like Nintendo doing a Sony. They accidentally announced it like five years ago or something, and it was nowhere near ready. And I'm glad that it's still coming and it's it's almost done. Like it's a rare, they very rarely go and fund other publishers' games because no one else wanted it and they decided to pick it up. That's not something they normally do. So I hope it does well from that point of view because they might do some other stuff. Uh, yeah, Splatoon I'm less involved and interested in. I don't know much about it. Yeah, I was really surprised even way back when it was 2017 that Bayonetta 3 was announced and, you know, a Nintendo mm. exclusive, partly uh, funded by them. It just seems like a really bizarre IP to partner with uh, for on, on, with a third-party developer on, um, considering Nintendo's audience. Like, I think it it made it would have made a lot of sense in the Wii Wii U era where you had um, some other, like, grittier games as well. Like, I'm forgetting that black and white one that came out that was super violent uh, on the Wii. Oh, Yeah. I can picture the case, but I picture I it. Yeah. yeah. And then there was also uh, red steel as well. So uh, I think it made sense back then, but the fact that it's coming now in an era where animal crossing and Mario Kart and Zelda and uh, you know, Super Mario Odyssey are some of the best-selling games on the platform. Yeah. It kind of just feels a bit out of place. I don't have much familiarity with it. I've never been fantastic at traditional third person action games like Devil May Cry and this one. So um, look, I'm keen to see how it turns out. Uh, the, at least the trailer they showed seemed to, look at run pretty well for um for, for a switch game so yeah kudos to them for that mm, yeah i like a splatoon but i, I don't see i don't like i don't know like there's there's been three splatoon games in the switch era which like if you look at other franchises that's not like oh my god what are they doing but like i don't know it, it, it seems like i don't the, the the switch online and we'll get there in a second um uh subscription isn't you don't want to play online so you're kind of you know like begrudgingly doing it and switch at splatoon one and two kind of felt the same and there's like all the single player stuff which yes i'm sure it's great but like i don't know like i just i almost feel like i wouldn't want to buy three because i get to keep playing splatoon two and have it you know like like a live yeah, it's an odd choice. It, almost. Mm. It, it doesn't make Splatoon 2 made sense because one came out on the Wii U and they kind of just cut their losses oh, and started it? again. And there was no like online service there, it was free. So they needed to have a sequel so they could say, This is why you're paying for online because it's different. Very similar game. Um, so I'm not really sure what the difference is, but that said, I've never really got into it. As you say, Shane, I think they knew their audience and they thought we need that multiplayer game for our audience, which is distinctly us and it's new. And I think that's why it has had success, but I'm not sure that a, a third game makes sense within the same generation as the second one. But the hardcore players may have a reason. There might be a reason why we need to follow up with it. 
I think two sold like 12 million copies in total. Mm. And that's probably well, a combination of, of Wii U and Switch. So it's done well enough. You know, it's not hitting the Mario Kart Smash Brothers numbers, but um, few games rarely do. So uh, look, the fact that this brings a bit of variety to Nintendo's overall portfolio, I think is, is only a good thing. So uh, yeah, they obviously believe in the IP and want to give it another hot go. So really happy for all the Splatoon fans out there. Mm. Well, I know Ben is a giant N64 fan. I'm a Sega Genesis fan because I forget what you guys call it. Mega Drive. Always get Mega Come Drive. on. Master yeah. Drive is the first one then? No, Master Drive. Mega Drive. Isn't there a Master Drive and a Mega Drive? Sega Master System? Master See, I That's don't, it. I'm yes. never a Sega person. I'm North American when it comes to this age of consoles and I get very confused. Anyway, the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack will cater to whoever we are. With either an N64 set of games, well, with not either, both an N64 set of games and a Sega 16-bit platform set of games like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and other things. Um, first, can we talk about the name before we even get into like the, the nitty-gritty of this all? What is this? Very I mean, you're Nintendo. talking about the company that called it the Wii U, so... Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. This totally meets my expectations on what Nintendo's previous sort of naming track record uh, is. So <laughs> I'm not entirely surprised. I chuckled when I saw it. Um, but yeah, I hope they can communicate this well enough because it's an exciting new addition, I think, overall. I, I hope they, when they add another system in three years, they either they need to keep it in this same expansion. They can't be like expansion deluxe pack booster. Like it needs to be, there's two tiers, that's it. Otherwise, it's just, I think it's already going to be hard sell for them to people who aren't really as clued in as we are. But yeah, I agree. I think it's a good addition. I think it probably should have happened a few years ago. We can see why Mario All-Stars was a one-year exclusive because they obviously had this in the works and they thought, how can we sell a game and then include it in our subscription without annoying everyone? Uh, I'm going to assume it's going to be the same. So like those games were all emulated, right? And Mario was emulated at 720. So if you plug your 64 into your 4K TV right now, you're still getting that glorious 240p output unless you've converted your console and it's it's unplayable, basically. So that's the reason to play here. Nintendo's not one for doing any work on their games. It's going to be a straight emulation, but hopefully it at least looks good close to HD somewhat and is playable. I already know it's not going to be that playable because we're getting the PAL version, which means every sixth frame is going to drop out. So... Hot tip there, download it and make an American account, download it from there and play it again on your Australian account. You'll get a much better game. Shane. <laughs> no, okay, good. Oh, well, sorry. No, I just feel like I'm, I feel like I'm cutting people off. So I'm trying to just throw to people, but. Oh, uh, no, that's not... right. Yeah, no, I, I just want to mm. add, like, I think, um, I mean, I've, I've wanted to see uh, other the other platform holders other than Xbox lean into subscription services. Um, you've seen Xbox do a great job with their own legacy, bringing 360 and the original Xbox backwards compatibility here. Uh, and Nintendo has been, you know, a player in the, in the industry for much longer than Xbox and PlayStation. So uh, they have a greater legacy to lean on. Um, mm. And yeah, I, this should have happened sooner than the fact that they should be leaning on their entire back catalog to um, yeah, just milk as much money as you can from that dedicated fan base who wants to play these games, 
right? Like the fact that also a lot of these titles will receive online support as well, like Mario Kart 64 being able to play online multiplayer is really exciting. He's, you know, fingers crossed it works really well. Um, I'm also excited by the fact that we see Banjo-Kazooie as a title coming uh, like down the track. So maybe we see Rare and Xbox open the vault to some other Rareware titles from, you know, Rare's heyday on the 64, like Perfect Dark, Jet Set Radio, Conker, um, maybe Diddy Kong Racing can happen again because you've got Banjo and Conker in that cast as well. I would love that. Uh, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised by the Sega Genesis inclusion. Um, I think uh, we don't know yet pricing, and I think um, they probably kept it out of this announcement because it's not going to be the best news. So I just hope that it's not too exorbitant, but um, we'll have to wait and see. So I think it will be double, double the cost. It's 30 bucks a year. I think it'll be 60 for the add-on. That seems very Nintendo. But I agree with you. I think um, good Phil's a good guy. He will allow all the rare games in there, but they still have the license too. And I think that's what makes it work because let's face it, there's about 15 games maybe on 64, which is still playable by today's standards to some degree. And half of them are made by rare. So if you take all of them away, there's it's slim pickings. I don't think Perfect Dark will be a title only because it's coming from the initiative and in, in crystal dynamics, I guess now that's, that's a whole thing. We just skipped over whatever to we, we're running short of time. Um, mm. And I just feel like maybe not that one, um, but they've been nice enough with other rare, like we're not going to get a golden eye either because like the licensing of that is no, just like no so way. convoluted. You, you sort of uh, touched on this already, Ben. So, so pricing of, Nintendo Switch Online right now for one month is is six dollars Australian or five ninety five uh, or twenty nine ninety five for a year. What did you what did you think it was going to be, Ben? So sixty for a year. You think like it's going to double? Yeah, this is Nintendo. Shane, I I think that would be. I'm not going to say reasonable because <laughs> doubling the price for like decades old titles I don't <laughs> think is, but um, I don't think like. What is it? Is it only going to be $40 a year now? You're talking about less than a dollar per month to play all these old school, fantastic games. And I don't think Nintendo is going to offer that. So I think you, I think double is what we could hope for. I pray they don't go. Oh, I think yeah. Well, so this is the problem because they're only starting with like six or eight games or something and they're going to drip feed it. And they have been drip feeding the SNES and NES games taking ages uh, they're going to want to launch with the price they're keeping for the next five years or whatever. So they're going to have to say, bear with us for this crazy cost to play like five games. And maybe you can play more in the future, but like that's going to be the hard sell. Like whatever this price is in a few years time, it might be easier to kind of stomach that when there's like 40 games there. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, one, like it's not like game pass and that these games are there for month after month, after month, after month, like, like they rotate in and out pretty frequently. Like some, some are there for a month and then they're gone. Um, and like, to me as an old, as an old person, uh, that's sometimes not enough time to get through it. And what like, are you talking about game pass? Or no, I'm talking, no game, game pass. They, they stay on for enough time where you can like, and you have noticed, like, I feel like Nintendo switch online. It's kind of like, do they leave? Yeah, pretty regularly, I think. Really? No, he like was nodding. I don't know if he games. was nodding about the Game Pass I, or the I, Nintendo Switch Online. I remember when it was announced that they'd be rotating out pretty pretty frequently. Oh, okay. Nintendo. And yeah. like, I just... The, the problem that I have with, with Nintendo Switch Online is there's like a mini NES and a mini SNES and there's a Sega Genesis Mini, like whatever these things are called, where like 
or ROMs or like a million other ways to like, if you really want to play Sonic the Hedgehog 2, you don't need to have Nintendo Switch online. You can just obtain it via 20 methods. And this, I don't know, like I just, I don't like the practice of, of having to spend more money on a kind of shitty online service if we're being like if we're just getting right to it where like I, I don't know if people use it for the online service so much as for like the old school games I don't know like I just don't like it I, I just I, it doesn't make me feel comfortable yeah I think that I mean I I used to have a switch I sold it once we hit lockdown and realized that I wasn't playing it because I used it as a as a gaming console while I was traveling which obviously wasn't happening anymore <laughs> um so I don't count myself as a Nintendo fan um but knowing the the experience of Nintendo fans with online and the the fact that they have been um, gypped by Nintendo in numerous ways via you know, like exorbitant prices on accessories or um, the fact that a lot of their first party games never go down in price, I think that if you told them that hey it's only an extra thirty Australian dollars for all these classic sixty four and Sega games uh, a year, then they're gonna you know jump on it hook, line and sinker. Um, and yeah, like the, the less hardcore fans like, like ourselves perhaps um, aren't going to, but I think there's going to be enough of those 80 plus million switch owners who do that in the first six months. And then, you know, these other sort of, uh, I suppose, less hardcore fans jump on later once that catalog starts to grow and we start to see it balloon and obviously um, uh, create the value that I think we would then ascribe to, okay, $60 a year for all of this. That doesn't sound too bad. So yeah, he's hoping guys will, hear about pricing soon it's like october i think it's it's rolling out. Yeah, it comes out in soon. late october so yeah. we don't have long which yeah. is why they're probably delaying fun. the pricing look out, look out as for long a press as release <laughs> on like a friday afternoon yeah, yeah. <laughs> 11 p.m australian time or 2 a.m why, why not just, just, anyway if they wanted to game pass it and just put out like the third first party nintendo stuff on that service and just keep it on the service my entire attitude changes, but like I it, think they will. I think oh yeah, the first party games do. won't. I haven't seen any of the. I mean, I don't really play SNES online or anything, but I haven't seen any really come out. Like your Mario's, your Zelda's, your Metroid's, all still in there. So I think the big titles will stay in there. It might be if they get some third party ones, and they will need to. There's only like 364 games total. Like there barely any games on that console, uh, but there's some great ones, and they they probably need a few third party ones just to beef it out a little bit and maybe those come in for a couple of months and go back out they're not gonna if they put in ocarina of time and it's you know the first time you can play it on a console in low level hd and then they say majora's mask is coming so ocarina's out that would be very nintendo but like, you can't do that you say that okay i'm just I'm gonna make it. a note yeah. of when this <laughs> i'm gonna just capture that sound bite for next time we've gone way too long ben how do we find you on the internets i am ben underscore salter on twitter and how do we find you, Shane? Uh, you can find me magic underscore casts on Twitter. Uh, and there are links to Twitch and YouTube. I do a bunch of video game commentary on YouTube. And uh, yeah, I know Steve will probably want me to plug these again. So do it. I do uh, a movie magic show every Wednesday, 8.30 uh, Australian Standard. And uh, the question box, which Steve and Ben have kindly guested on in the past as well. It's my weekly video game news show. We dive into a bunch of all the uh, our favorite topics from this beloved industry every Friday at 8.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time as well. Uh, thank you so much for having me, guys. This has been an absolute blast. Well, Thanks for being here. We'd, we'd be on your show again. I feel like you're going to invite Ben on before me. Um, and, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. And if I am, we can always cut this out because it's not live, Shane. But um, 
I saw on your Instagram, you're doing something for Camp Magic relatively immediately soon by the time yeah. this comes out. No, yeah, thanks for thanks for reminding me. It's uh, an yeah, opportunity to plug this is um, is most appreciated. Uh, so yeah, I volunteer for an organization called Feel the Magic. They're Australia's leading grief education uh, organization, uh, and I've been yeah working with them for for more than five years at this point. They run uh, a whole variety of different programs supporting kids who have lost parents uh, and their siblings. Um, the stat is that one in 20 Australian kids will lose uh, a parent before they turn 18. So uh, during the month of October, there is a one in 20 challenge. I'm walking slash running 120 kilometers uh, in October to raise money for the organization I really care about. So uh, yeah, it is, uh, I have tweeted it. It's my pin tweet. So if you would like to kindly support that or just learn more about Feel the Magic, amazing organization, um, please go and do so. Steve, thanks so much for that uh, opportunity yeah, to plug. <laughs> well done. And I'm whatever, who cares? Um, if you want to win a pair of Far Cry 6 budgie smugglers, uh, trunks or full swimsuit, have at it, survivor.com. Um, Shane, thank you so much. Ben, Pleasure. you're not even in lockdown, whatever. Oh, thanks, I guess you're, thanks for being here, whatever. Uh, have a good fortnight. We'll see you next time. Thank you.